Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Lacrosse is the national sport of Canada. This is the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off. I'm your host, Alex, and is with me as always is the guy who's going to smack you, Mike. Heck yeah. And the guy, if you're out in public and you get in a fight, he will always have your back, Pat. I will. You can count on me and my axe. <laughs> as long as you have a, uh, as long as you're a listener of the Fact Off. Yeah, you have to prove it. Show me your backdated uh, listens. Show me the, your voting record. <laughs> I want to see your review record too. If you gave us a uh, five stars, so I'm only <laughs> protecting one person. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that your wife? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um. So yeah, welcome to Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we bring you an score of random vote uh, fact <laughs> and votes, <laughs> and you, the, <laughs> you, the listener, can decide on who the winner is. And last week. Our winner was a very handsome man named Mike. That's right. I <laughs> broke your you. Did you have a trend going or like a? Uh, were you, were you uh, trending, Alex? Yes, they called him Mister April. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't last March. long because I took the throne. Boo! No one likes you, Mike. I did, and, and, and I, I get a victory fact right. Like I, I can true. say whatever dumb fact that, that comes to my mind. Um, yeah, like like Pat's normal facts. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I tried to find the dumbest fact that was written down I could find, and uh, here it is, guys. <laughs> I, I couldn't find it. So, <laughs> yeah. birds are the only feathered animals. <laughs> what? Is that true? Yes, obviously. Are ducks considered birds? This is like on like the 10 essential facts about birds, and one of them is birds <laughs> are one. the only feathered animals. I'm like, I, I, there's not any other feathered animals. I ask a question. Are ducks birds? Yes. Yes. What? Well, that's the stupidest question. Yeah, Alex, did you write these facts? I did. He wrote I that stupid question. <laughs> no, but like, you don't consider, like, I don't consider them birds. The ducks, because they're in the water. Like what? What? Yeah, what doesn't the make them a bird? What part of them? People eat ducks. Uh, people eat duck, egg, duck eggs. So, so based <laughs> off your logic, if, if you eat an animal, it's a bird. <laughs> yes, but like we don't eat pigeons or robins or anything. So are they not birds? <laughs> All right, my logic. This is, is the flawed. host of our show asking if ducks are birds. I'm sorry, everybody. You've tuned into the wrong show. <laughs> yeah, but like, ducks have bills. Birds have beaks. Hey, when you he's right. Wow, <laughs> take yeah. that, Mike. Flawless, <laughs> flawless logic. There. I'm just saying, like, you don't like usually when you're like listing birds, it's not like oh the robin, the oriole. Well, it's probably aquatic birds have bills. Maybe I don't know. This is we're, not what we're the show is. Into like uh, <laughs> waters that we are like so unknowledgeable about. I and... only know what I write down before the show. 
Uh, exactly. Everything else is just completely mush in our brains, except for like fair, what we wrote down for the show. In college, I was a bird history major, so. Good this for is you. My <laughs> Good for you. Wouldn't they use like an uh, like the actual scientific term for bird? Uh, yeah, Alex, come on. Avian. Yeah. Wow. Damn. He knows it, guys. Whoa. Got you there. Yeah. Suck it. You Mike. know what that means? When I get something right, it's time for past facts, facts, family fact, spectacular. That's right. Welcome back, facts. everybody. It's been so long since I left you without a random dumb fact to step to. Uh, starting us off. Two, are we stepping to these facts? Yeah, it's like to the beat, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I dance every time you do these. Yeah, we actually, could you stop dancing? It's distracting. I find it magical. He's doing it again. Oh my God, he just did a backflip. <laughs> did you know, if you cut down a cactus in Arizona, you will be penalized up to 25 years in jail? Not long enough. <laughs> are they, ex- like, endangered? There are no follow-up questions in the facts. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, they're not birds. <laughs> yeah. That one I know, but they do have feathers, so. Damn it, you're right. This fact blew my mind. Every time you shuffle a deck of cards, you get a combination that's never existed. That can't be true. That's true. That never existed? That has never existed. Hey, Pat, uh, real quick. Have you ever played 52-card pickup, by the way? Why, yes, I have a deck right here. Wait, so every time you shuffle a deck of cards. Yes, you got that part. (laughs) The combination of cards has never existed. Yes. I don't believe that. All right. Well, well, yeah, well you get there. bored after like ten shuffles, so like obviously it's never you're never going to reach. He the... got bored halfway through that sentence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I understand there's probably billions of possibilities, but you're telling me that has never <laughs> been the same. Never. I don't think you can prove that fact, right? Statistically, yeah, it's probably yeah. impossible for there to exist two of the exact same in a shuffle. So that's what Amazon is building like their new supercomputer for is to find out how many times to shuffle a, f- a <laughs> yes. deck of cards. It's probably like point zero 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 like five percent chance. What's if the other uh, famous one? Uh, the old couch going around a corner like math math problem where like it's unsolvable or something like that. <laughs> I don't know that one. I don't know. Look it up at home, guys. The couch corner math problem. It's unsolvable. Sounds like you had a hard time moving. What if you have a thousand monkeys working in a room shuffling cards? Eventually, they'll learn how to read. I think I think it would probably take you like years to even teach a, a monkey how to shuffle cards. Wait, hold on. Did plan. you say a thousand monkeys? Like those typewriter monkeys? Yes. Did you know that typewriter is the longest word that can be made using the letters only in one row of a keyboard? Really? Yeah. Or do you not believe that either? That one's easily provable. <laughs> no, it's not. You know every word. <laughs> oh, you're correct. You're correct. Right. Yep, it is. <laughs> but what about these words coming out in 2023 that I hear coming down the pipe? I, I think we might invent. I think that's the goal of this this podcast is to invent a word longer than typewriter that, that can be typed out. Mike is on the underground internet where he's hearing about words that are coming down the pike next year. <laughs> hey, man, you got to hear this word. I'm only going to give you the beginning of it. It's too hip. <laughs> anyway, right, next. this isn't supposed to be a very long segment. 
Speaking of large, did you know the Pacific <laughs> Ocean is larger than all land masses on Earth combined? I believe it. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. These are facts. <laughs> Except for that isn't, isn't just the uh, oceans are just like kind of made up things anyways? Because isn't it just one body of water, really? Honestly? Uh, technically, it's all continuous, right? There's no like line around the Earth. That yeah, but they have like it. those little buoys in the ocean. Like they have at a pool that separates them. Yes. Uh-oh. Yeah, you can't true. go under. You can't There's hang on it either. signs, like, when you pass through to another a state line, yeah. it has, like, a thing that goes over your GPS, like, you've crossed <laughs> yeah. into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, you need yeah. to have, like, a, a special color wristband to go into the deep Pacific Ocean. <laughs> what? Was that water? We're talking about water? Did you know that Psycho was the first movie to show a Nudity? toilet... Oh. Close. A toilet flushing. Really? Yeah. Now, Don't... all movies have that. Every movie starts off with a flushing toilet. <laughs> it's part of the, yeah, it's part of the credits. Have you guys seen the Batman where he shows up and just flushes the toilet and then puts on his suit? There was a clue in there. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> anyway, those were the five facts. Uh, dumbest fact is by far the cards. How is that the dumb fact? Just because you're too dumb to understand it? No, I'm saying like it's not out of my possibility of you shuffling a deck. And then some getting the same shuffle. It's possible. It's, it's not impossible. It has never existed. No one says it's impossible. It just has never existed. How is ex- it? In, how do you, that's dumb. That fact is dumb. Well, no, since he went dumb, I'm going the best fact. And that has to be the typewriter. Yeah. It's a good yeah. word. And you know words. I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming down the pike. Could you give us just a hint of uh, some of the words coming in uh, 2023? Uh, I'll start you with the first three letters. Cal. Oh, shit. K-A-L or C-A-L? I, yeah, I'll reveal that next week. Uh, but <laughs> I can't reveal that right now. Yeah. I was going to quit the podcast, but now I'm coming back for it. I have to go back to my sources. <laughs> I'm going to quit the podcast. So, since I am the winner eating my chicken dinner, I think. Wait, wait, so we eat your chicken dinner? <laughs> I think Pat should go first with his fact this week. Oh, oh I'm so glad you said that. He hasn't gone first in a while. It's kind of been sad to see him yeah, languish. Mike listens he, back. he hasn't even won an episode in forever, I don't think. It's because his heart's not in it. Didn't I win one in April? Or, or we don't I talk think about I won that. one week. We don't talk about April. Oh, God, I hate that song on so many different levels. I don't know why it's popular. I, I just don't know. I just don't know. It, it questions re- the reality in space-time continuum and all that stuff. Well, you're going to hate the my song fact. questions it, or is it? <laughs> you can tell we haven't done an episode in a long time. We're just, like, full of tangents. Anyway, my fact today is about Encanto <laughs> and how it's the God. best musical of all time. No, I don't know if you guys knew this. You know, today we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo. It's a big uh, holiday that everyone likes to celebrate. But did you know another holiday that's coming up this weekend? Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day. So, uh, I don't have... I think my last fact was about... What was my last fact about? Uh, how you hate moms. <laughs> I hate I hate those mothers. Anyway, uh, I think some of my facts are a little dark. This is just a wholesome history of Mother's Day. Everyone excited? No. All the mothers out there? So, we have a big years, mother fan base. 
There is like a history of Mother's Day celebrations and things of the sort that go way back to like Greek and Roman and, you know, ancient times. Well, but we're, we'll talk about the history in the United States. Okay. Did you know that before the Civil War, there was a woman named Anne Reeves Jarvis, remember the name, and she started a Mother's Day work club, which was just like a an organization to help moms learn how to be better moms. You know, it was a nice little organization. There's a lot of bad moms, too, so I, I agree with this organization. Yeah, I saw a documentary about it. <laughs> bad moms? Yeah. <laughs> Wait till they get together with their moms. <laughs> is it at Christmas time? It is at Christmas time. I have to watch that one. Um, So, that was before the Civil War. Then the Civil War happened. And, you know... What happened there? It sort of divided people. It was a little divisive war. It, the um, war was not over Mother's Day, though. It was not, no. However, Anne Reeves Jarvis used her clubs, and she started an organization in 1868 called Mother's Friendship Day. And she would organize it for moms of Union soldiers and moms of Confederate soldiers after the war to like come together and try to reconcile and bring everyone together, which is a very motherly thing to do. It's pretty exciting, yes. you know? It is exciting. So that was Anne Reeves Jarvis. Um, there's a few other people that have like some Mother's Day stuff in the in uh, you know the United States. Julia Ward Howe in 1870 had uh, wrote a Mother's Day proclamation where she wanted to you know have moms around the world unite to promote peace. Something about moms and peace, you know. Um, in 1873, she campaigned for Mother's Peace Day to be celebrated on June, every June 2nd. And as we know, it, I don't think there's a Mother's Peace Day, so scratch her from the record. So the origin of Mother's Day, it sounds like, was created by the mothers to celebrate mothers. Shouldn't these kids, shouldn't it be like a group of kids got together and well, so like he, <laughs> told their friends, like, hey, we need to be thankful of our mommies. I, we're going to get to something very similar to what you said. So these are just all the people that they kept trying to get something going, you know, and it just never really took off. Yeah, it's not working, obviously. Yeah. Um, Hallmark so, need to jump in. In 1905, I have a sad story. Remember Anne Jarvis? Yeah. She died. She <laughs> okay. passed away. I think because she was born like 100 years before that, it felt like. But her daughter, Anna Jarvis, sound familiar? No. Because no. her mom's name is Anne Jarvis. She's Anna uh, Jarvis. Okay. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Um, she came up with the idea for Mother's Day as a way of honoring the sacrifices that mothers have made for their children. So, Mike... You wanted kids to rise up and honor their mothers? Here you go. Are you happy? She was an adult. Yeah, but she's still a kid. You're your so mom's technically, kid. Technically, is it so are you if you have a parent, technically you're always a kid then. If, yes. By always your logic. Still a kid. Yes. Yeah. Always still a kid. That's a no. fact. That's my fact this week. You're always a kid, everyone. No. All right. So <laughs> No, Mike. She was trying to get it started, you know, Mother's Day, and she needed financial backing. And this is where I thought I got really excited when I read this. She got fina uh, financial backing from a department store in Philadelphia, and the owner was named John Wanamaker. <gasps> Wanamaker Building. Exactly. Owner of Wanamakers. So he gave her a bunch of money, and she organized the first official Mother's Day at a Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia. However, on the exact same day, thousands of people attended a Mother's Day event at one of Wanamaker's retail stores in Philadelphia. So Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, also the city of motherly love. Aww. <laughs> so in 
So it's almost my story's almost over. So um, she wanted to see her her <laughs> she wanted to see the holiday become a national holiday. So she was arguing um, that the holidays of the time were too male oriented about male achievements. Well, they had male day and testicle day. <laughs> And happy to be a man day. And, and Father's day. day. I'm sure Pat's going to have that fact. I have a little side fact. I didn't write it down, but I did remember it. Um, Father's day. I thought Father's Day was founded after Mother's Day. Well, if you would just let me finish the fact, I will tell you. She God. started a massive letter writing campaign to newspapers, politicians, urging you know the honoring of Mother's Day. And it wasn't until 1912... Or at that time in 1912, many states, towns, and churches, they all had their own Mother's Day. And in 1914, all this persistence paid off when President Woodrow Wilson signed a measure officially establishing the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. Is that one of his 14 points? USA. Yes. Um, So the original idea, so she had this whole, like, her own original idea of Mother's Day was, you know, you spend time with your mom. They wear like a, a white carnation as a badge and they go to church and that's about it. And then, do you know what happened to Mother's Day? The moms wanted more. <laughs> yeah, they, they got kept greedy. asking for presents and go to church twice with me. And <laughs> <laughs> Twice in one day, mom? I already got the Eucharist. I don't know. That's um, the invention of Sunday night church. Oh, God. So it wasn't long at all before florists, cards companies, they, they, they saw this as an opportunity and they took advantage of it and they changed it into the commercial bastardized version that we have today. That's why some not... guy named Hall Mark invented. Wait, is it Hall and Mark like Hall and Oates? Yeah. <laughs> um, side so fact. side fact. Um, so that's what happened to Mother's Day. It got really commercialized because florists, she started like, oh, we should all wear like flowers. And they're like, yes, but we can sell more and more and more. And I bet you're wondering, what would Anna Jarvis think of Mother's Day now? If only there was she a way of fucking knowing. fucking loves it. <laughs> Turns out she hated it. <laughs> oh. In 1914, it was established as a national holiday. And she worked from like 1906 to 1914 to establish this national holiday. It got taken over by commercialism, and by 1920, she became so disgusted that she launched another uh, movement to cancel Mother's Day. And she spent the rest of her life suing people for using the word Mother's Day and trying to get the whole holiday stricken from the record. Unfortunately for her, it did not happen. And that is the story of Mother's Day. Can't, like, force people how to celebrate Mother's Day. I, she forced people to accept it as a holiday, and then yeah, but like, then they'd be like, "No, you have to do it my way." <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just thought it was funny that like she worked for like eight years to get this off the ground, finally got it, and then within six years, she's like, "This sucks." Buyer's remorse. Anyway, Happy Mother's Day. This is a special shout out to our mom. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, all the moms out there, we love you. Thank you for listening, and maybe this week you'll all vote for me. Trying to go for that big mom market. We'll see how many moms listen to this show and who like that fact. You're not the only one going for the mom market, Pat. So. Hey, moms out there, I know you want your kids to go to church with you twice on Mother's Day. <laughs> but how about you go to church once and then listen to the fact off together? That would do twofer. There you go. What if they've already listened to this episode to get that idea to listen to it on Mother's Day? Yeah, No, but not with their kids. That's true. All right, what's the name of your fact, Pat? 
Mother's Day. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, you had a oh sorry, but you had a side fact about Father's Day. Father's Day was not. Uh, they started it. They tried to get off the ground like immediately after Mother's Day, and it you was can't not use like this in your decision to vote for this fact. Though. No, no, no. This is a side fact. Um, it wasn't like a national holiday until the seventies, mostly because there was no money in it because <laughs> men don't like flowers. <laughs> Her cards. And that's that was pretty much why it never got became a national holiday for so many years. I feel like the gifts that men get are way more expensive than ladies. Like guys like want like chainsaws and like flower moms are fine with that's flowers. Guys are like, Alex give me a kids. chainsaw. Yeah, I want a chainsaw every year on Father's Day. <laughs> from both he, my kids. Yeah, he's up to what, eight now? <laughs> yeah. And he juggles them. Oh my god, he's doing it right now! I should become a juggler. A juggalo? <laughs> Get with your fact, Mike. Alright, guys. So, this is an argument that's not necessarily as old as time, because this topic is not uh, as old as you think it is. It's old as time. It's not a as old as time. A fight as old as rhyme. So, guys... I'm going to ask you this. Would you prefer to have breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Breakfast for dinner. I pre- Case closed. Dinner for breakfast. What? You're insane. Not A nice bowl of spaghetti and meatballs for breakfast sounds delightful. I, I, I regret <laughs> bringing this fact in. No, pancakes for dinner is the best thing you could have. I, am a firm, I don't like breakfast food outside of breakfast time. Well, that that's the reason why I'm bringing this in is because the whole concept of dinner food, breakfast food, all that, it's just, it's all made up. It's it's all just. Yeah, exactly. It's not the same marketing fabricated. people behind Mother's Day, is it? No, it's it not. It was Anna Jervis. <laughs> no, she's not involved. She's too pissed off about, like, Mother's <laughs> Day going downhill to get involved with breakfast. Should we eat this only in the morning? I don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I want pots most when I wake up. One so what if you could think of one breakfast food do you think has existed pretty much for forever? What what, what would come to your mind? Well, I can't figure out what came first, the chicken or the egg. Uh, that's true. So, yeah, I would say eggs, maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, bread. But pancake pancake is pancakes are traced back as far as like historical record can, can are they? go. Yeah, because yep. it was something easy and quick that people can make and. After uh, John the Baptist baptized Jesus, they had a pancake celebration. Why? Because he had the just add holy water mix. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. This this is fabricated a little bit that that story, but um, pancakes are pretty old. People used to use like different grains and mix them with liquids to make pancakes. It's it's old, um, but it wasn't necessarily known as like a breakfast food. Breakfast, like back in the olden times, like way way back, people would just eat like a old piece of chunk old chunk of bread or like some cheese um i said bread i said bread yeah yeah you're right bread and cheese porridges porridges were pretty popular for breakfast still popular yeah everybody loves a good old porridge porridge (laughs) for breakfast um and even just leftovers you know that's pretty common nowadays like you just pop open the fridge eat, eat a slice of pizza from last night that's probably like one of my favorite breakfasts is just last night's pizza <laughs> I I agree. And do you heat it up or do you like it cold? I I mean, it just depends on how lazy I am at the time. Yeah, I like it cold. I like uh, back in college when you just leave the pizza out all night. You just wake up and just grab 
<laughs> just no, like I, I never the coffee table. You just grab <laughs> That's it. That's disgusting. Um, oh, so but like, I always justify eating like a slice of cake for breakfast. Cause, like, it's the same thing as a a donut. Or a pancake. Yeah, it's, it's in the word. Yeah, that's true. And then before coffee, people drank uh, uh, alcohol, ale. So, oh yeah, yeah. So some people still do, and they say people. I have a problem. <laughs> exactly, but people back then. Well, that was one of the few ways to get clean drinking water in some places was like with like alcohol, alcoholic beverages. So to trace the idea of our concept of breakfast, it didn't exist for a long time. And um, even in the medieval times in Europe, uh, Thomas Aquinas, any, anybody's big fan of the Aquinas man? He, he's a saint, yep. right? Yeah, I think he's a saint. But he spouted out that eating breakfast was like the path to committing gluttony. Uh, so like the, I think the Roman church Explains at the time, the Catholic church believe that breakfast was kind of like a sin but it's the most important meal of the day yeah for the devil but uh yeah they they saw it as a sin and uh it wasn't until the 16th century that kind of like the modern breakfast started coming into scope a little bit and what would make it so to in, in your mind what would make this breakfast come come to be money what <laughs> i <don't> say hallmark <laughs> yeah I don't no know, uh Commercials Empl- like TV, employment. Oh yeah, eat before you go to the mine. Yeah, exactly. So I guess before the 16th century, the idea of having a job and working for other people it wasn't necessarily like a big thing. Usually, you owned your own property or had your own. You did your own thing, and then as soon as like people started working for like the nine to five job or you know whatever, uh, that's when breakfast started like really kicking off because people needed all that extra food before they went to work. Man, I should get my own farm. I eat whenever I want. It's true. You yeah. could eat whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Um, As opposed to what you do now, Pat. People always telling you when to eat. <laughs> yeah, it worked. <laughs> What's funny is when the breakfast started becoming popular in the 1920s, like people are just gl- starting to get gluttonous over breakfast, like eating bigger and larger breakfasts. And like, that was just a big thing in America was just eating bacon and eggs for breakfast or pancakes, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it became such an epidemic that people started developing like, um, I guess, uh, indigestion in the mornings. I'm listening. Sounds familiar. <laughs> He's like indigestion. Yeah. What did you, you say? my interest. <laughs> Where is this going? Am I going to learn something? Yeah, bacon and eggs didn't become a staple uh, until uh, Edward Barnes published the idea of a hearty breakfast was bacon and eggs, and he had 5,000 doctors sign off on it, and that's why bacon and eggs uh, kind of is like one of the more staple dishes. Was he like a farmer like- and owned egg, like... Chickens? <laughs> Did he own eggs? Yeah, he owned like a factory that made like uh, bacon and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, this indigestion problem became a big deal, and uh, basically, that brought about what do you guys think? Diabetes. Cereal. Cereal. Yeah, yeah. Cereal. So ce- that that brought brought about Suck cereal, that. and that's why cereal became so popular is because it was seen as healthier and. We talked about Kellogg's in previous episodes. Yeah, keeping down the urges. Yeah, it keeps down the urges. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, so, yeah. 
breakfast didn't exist as we know it now. What years are we putting on these? What what year did he p- publish this? Two thousand. <laughs> published yesterday. What? He said he put out a hardy. He you said he wrote a book or something or a pamphlet signed by five thousand doctors. Oh, the nineteen twenties was when the bacon okay, and eggs okay. popped what... popped off, and okay. uh, cereal popped off in like the mid to mid nineteen hundreds. You know, or, so yeah, breakfast. It's what's for dinner or dinner. It's what for what's what what for breakfast. <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> you got there. That was always a firm believer. Like a lot of the breakfast food, you notice always it's fast cooking food. It's usually simple, like bacon and eggs cooked pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. So in the morning, cereals, either pancakes cook quickly. Yeah, that's why I think leftovers was like tradi- the traditional like breakfast thing or just like yeah. a hunk of bread from the night before. Um, yeah, because like your stews and things like that take a lot longer to cook, so you're not going to cook them. For- wake up and cook them first thing in the morning. And they say pancakes uh, were popular because bakers didn't want to bake like loaves and loaves of bread they could just easily make a pancake for in the morning time when i always talk to the baker i'm always like make me a cake as fast as you can (laughs) i was thinking of the same thing (laughs) should have said it my uh fact is breakfast for dinner dinner for breakfast nice not as catchy as mother's day yeah that's that's still around (laughs) to this day yeah, uh, we just had to cut out 45 minutes of Alex listing <laughs> exactly. all the breakfast meats that he likes. Exactly. <laughs> but we're back yeah. now and we're ready to continue the podcast. All right. So. <laughs> What's your fact, Alex? <clears throat> so the Mother's Day brunch. It goes with <laughs> my thing. <laughs> and Mike's. Yeah. We, wait, if you combine Mother's Day and breakfast, you get Mother's the Day brunch. Mother's Day brunch, my fact. Wait, is this really your fact? No. Oh, dang it. No. My fact is way more important and way more relevant. Have you guys ever, you guys know the big four? Uh, Football? The big four. Uh, uh, I don't know. The Nina, the Penta, the Santa Maria. Santa and and Maria. (laughs) And the Mayflower. The big four biggest balls of twine in the U.S. or the world. (laughs) Nice. I didn't know there were four. <laughs> there was four. So let's go with, we'll talk about the most famous one first. Is it in Minnesota? It is in Minnesota. Darwin, Minnesota. A young man at the age of 45, Francis Johnson, 1950, just started rolling a ball of twine. Congratulations. No reason. He, he said his mom told him never to waste stuff, so he was just... <laughs> Bowling a ball of twine, and he never wastes stuff. He, at one point, had a collection of seven thousand pencils. Wait, so how is this not a massive amount of waste? A giant ball of twine. This is like the exact opposite of his concept. Does this guy not know what waste is? (laughs) Well, like the twine would just get thrown away. So it was like, why is he having this much twine? Is he just like stumbling upon it? Well, he said like he would do like what he had, and then neighbors would give him some, and he just twirled this ball of twine. All right, waste then, not, want not. Yeah, he used your standard brown twine. He worked on this from 1950 to 1979 until he was wow. like assassinated by another twine spinner. 
<laughs> rolled on top of him. <laughs> no, he had. Uh, oh, can, twine I poisoning. <laughs> no, uh, twine emphysema. flu. So he had emphysema, but he funny. never smoked. So they think it was from the dust of the twine. Oh man, that's, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, but they said he just did it like four hours a night. Just rolled this ball of twine. No one knew why. He was just doing it, and um, he was really proud of his spherical twine ball like he wanted to make it a ball and this is probably the most spherical and probably the most well made he just took his time just doing it we want some dimensions uh how about 12 feet high 40 <gasps> feet wide seventeen thousand four hundred pounds wow can it roll um no so he passed away and then he left it to the town that he was in it's like a town it's a town pride I thought you were going to say they rolled him up, rolled his body up into the twine. No. He's part of the ball now. One man's trash is another town's trash. Yeah. So now if you go to Minnesota, you can see the ball of twine. It's in a gazebo. If you ask, they will open the gazebo so you can smell it. But they wanted to preserve it the way that he did it himself. That has to be super flammable by now. Well, I think in general, I think twine is flammable. (laughs) I don't think it would... It gets more family. That would be awful time. if something happened to it. It sounds like you're threat. You're making a threat. <laughs> no, I'm just like it would really like it's just like a wholesome thing. It's like a roadside attraction, very wholesome. And then like you just the idea of it just catching on fire sounds terrible. So he started his in ni- started in 1950. 1953, Frank Stirber, S T O E B E R. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he, he saw some articles about this and he's like, I'm going to make my own twine ball. And he was in Carco City, Kansas. <laughs> so, like, his was getting so big, they moved it to the center of town in 1961. And he rolled it and, like, they put it in the shelter so everybody can see it. And, like, he wanted to have the biggest ball of twine. Who doesn't? Different from, jo- yeah. different from Johnson, who was just doing it. Every man's he, dream. Johnson's excuse when he did it was it was just there. So he <laughs> so he built this in Santa Cazibo and he passed away in nineteen seventy three. Wait, and he, at the time was his is in a gazebo as well? No, it's just out in like it's not enclosed. So like they have a covering. Okay. But it's not enclosed. Um he died in nineteen seventy three. So by the time when he died, his was they say was probably the biggest but Johnson passed him over the years because he was just kept doing it. So who's going around measuring all these balls? Guinness. Guinness. Oh, okay. Jinx. <laughs> I can't talk to him. I said his name. <laughs> but with the one that he built, since it's open and for the town, you can, people still add to the twine ball. That's And cheating. every August, yeah. they have a twine-a-thon, and people add twine balls. And if you go visit... They have twine that you can add to the twine ball, and it's like a big thing. It's not as well built as Johnson's, and it doesn't have that as good of a shape. They haven't passed but, him by now? So, in 2013, he did, last time it was weighed, was 19,973 pounds. Oof. 41 feet high and 10 feet uh, wide. 41 feet in circumference and 10 feet high. But would it beat it if it was like on Mars? Like, the weight would be different there. It wouldn't get lighter, Mike. 
I don't know if you know how gravity works. <laughs> so, cut to 1987. Uh, J.C. Payne. So, okay. a guy from Texas. Brother of J.C. Penney's. I know him. Yep. They had the same first name. <laughs> um, <laughs> Continue. Oh, sorry. Um, he was all about just getting the record. He's like, I'm just going to beat the record. I don't care. So, he got a, all the... Uh, twine he can. Glad you found unlike, that word. <laughs> uh, he grabbed all the twine he can, and he just started putting together. And unlike uh, Frank and Francis, he used plastic twine. He was just Boo. using everything, and it's like a really shoddy version of it. But in 1994, his was the biggest. He could be listening to this. You're calling him shoddy? Like he's he twined it I up, man. I'm calling him shoddy. Um, cause also Ripley's Believe It or Not came around. First, they went to Darwin and like, "Hey, let's buy. We want to buy a minute your twine ball." And they're like, "No." And then he went to Kansas. I don't believe and like, it. <laughs> he's like, "We want to buy your twine ball." And they're like, "No." Still and don't went to pain. They want to buy your twine ball. Yeah, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> yeah, I sold it to him. So I won it. Depends uh, on so how now much you they're can... trying to offer for the twine ball. Honestly, and suppose uh, the. Uh, People who run the one in Kansas said they Ripley offered them like tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Uh, but these are like two cities that. Um, so he sold it. Now you can see that twine ball in Branson, Missouri at the <gasps> Ripley's, believe it or not. Wait, Branson, Missouri sounds like familiar. Is someone taking a vacation there soon? I am. I am taking a vacation there. You go on a lot of vacations. Um. So now the last one is. It was started in 1979 by James Frank Kowita. Are all these guys named Frank? No, this guy's James Frank. Oh? Kowita. How do we know it's not just one guy then, and he just kind of like changes his identity a little bit? Because two of the guys are dead. And the other guy, I don't know if... Has anybody ever seen a photo of this guy, though? I don't think so. But this guy is up in Wisconsin, and he's still alive. He's been building his ball since 1979. So his ball, he's using short strands of twine, multicolor strand. So his ball is a lot smaller than the rest. But they say it weighs 20,800 pounds, so it's the heaviest of the twine. So it's more dense. Yeah. So, like I, uh, before, I was saying when J.C. Payne passed them, uh, can't, the one in Kansas, but now since people are building onto it, it's now technically the largest again. And the people of Darwin say that they claim those is the largest twine ball built by one man. Ah, uh, see, there you go. Do you think if we promoted people like trying to compete to build twine balls, it would stop like crime? Yeah, I think I that's the only think thing so. keeping our uh, I, test scores down. There's also like a bunch of other smaller balls in places like Baltimore has one. They're not; these are the big four. Yeah, at the grocery <laughs> store, you can buy. There's a bunch on the shelf, a whole bunch of small yeah. balls. Of twine. I got two right here. Balls made of twine. Yes, <laughs> you don't see them right behind me. He had to get yeah. the other one surgically removed. So. <laughs> One of these days, I hope to get the Minnesota to see the one there. I don't care about the other ones. Okay, it's like that big perfectly <laughs> round ball. Yeah. What was your What um, was your fact? What was the fact? 
the heck is this about the twine oh, balls? What's your fact? Four balls of fire. Yeah, that's different from twine balls. I find interesting. Mostly the competition between the four. My- well, it's funny because the first guy like wasn't even didn't realize there was a competition. He's just like some old man who's just like I like this Let's twine. Do it. Yep, and he did it every day. And he just his goal was to make a perfectly round ball. His like now since it sits, it's not as round at the bottom, but I still think it's the most round. The other ones is are kind of like hot messes. I gotta so. look them up. Everyone, stop the podcast and look these up. Yeah, right. look up the back. biggest balls of twines in the world. What was the name of your fact, Alex? Uh, we got the biggest balls of them all. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Very good. So there you, ha- there you have it, folks. You have your four facts. You got Mother's Day by Pat. Four facts? Bref- did I say four facts? Yeah, well, Technically, did. we had a victory fact plus yeah. five fast fun fact yeah. factaculars plus Yeah, we three had so many facts, facts. plus the side facts. I-, I don't know if we could keep track of how many facts we had in this podcast. So many. Pancake so, facts. Pa- None of them Pat's were interesting. Fa- That's true. That's surprising. Facts, we went Mother's through a Day. whole episode and not one fact I remember. <laughs> I remember all these facts. Mother's Day by Pat. Breakfast for dinner. Dinner for breakfast by Mike. And we got the biggest ball of them. That's the one in Kansas. Caker. Cap Walker. Yeah. The listeners at home uh, couldn't see that Pat was showing his screen on the, the feed. I was showing some balls of twine. Also, impressed that I just knew it by looking at a picture. <laughs> yeah, what a weirdo. That's the one in Kentucky. Everyone knows that. Uh, and then my fact, we got the biggest balls of them all. Yeah, we heard. <laughs> uh, so go over to factoffpodcast.com to vote for your fact. Vote you for like me. Yeah, don't vote for Pat. And his all you mothers attitude. out there. All you mother lovers. The, the episode um, following a uh, hiatus of one week is always... <laughs> The most discombobulated. <laughs> We're so out of rhythm. <laughs> Check us out on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We need to start posting more on that stuff. Wait and review us on. Was that like Apple, my Spotify. annual review? <laughs> um, you guys have a great day. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there.